It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Gearing up in the Granite State. Good afternoon. Welcome to the broadcast. It's Donald Trump versus Nikki Haley in tomorrow's New Hampshire primary. I'll leave you with this. May the best woman win. Haley hoping to pull off the upset after Trump got a huge boost in his campaign over the weekend from the now former candidate, Ron DeSantis. I've had disagreements with Donald Trump. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. Haley's been saying for weeks now that it's a two-person race, but this New Hampshire voter thinks it's not even that anymore. I think with DeSantis dropping out, it's no longer That voter admitting he was shocked to see DeSantis' departure so soon. It's surprising. I think that it's really interesting that DeSantis decided to drop out this early. As much as I think Trump's a strong candidate, it's shocking that he'd want to drop this early. DeSantis says he left it all on the field, but it's obvious to him that Republicans want to give Donald Trump another shot in 2024. Trump says he's honored to receive the endorsement of the Florida governor. Look, he worked very hard. It's a tough go. And he worked hard. His wife is a terrific woman. They both worked very hard and he endorsed me. So I appreciate that very much. Somebody said, what are you going to do with the name De Sanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired as of this moment. We are retiring that name. Polls show Trump with a double digit lead over Nikki Haley going into tomorrow's New Hampshire primary. The NFL's final four is set and once again, the Buffalo Bills are not advancing in the playoffs. They lost to Kansas City for the third time in four years last night. Jim Nance of CBS Sports had the call. Wide right. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo have surfaced again. Buffalo fell to the Chiefs after a missed field goal late that could have tied the game. We'll have more on that heart-wrenching loss coming up with Randy in sports. After a brutal stretch of wintry weather, a January thaw is on the way. For days, much of the country has been stuck with temperatures well below average. But things could begin turning around starting today. By midweek, New York City could hit 43 degrees. Atlanta, 64. Correspondent Jesse Kirsch. Here's Al Roker with the Today Show. We're talking 18 degrees above average on Friday in New York City. Buffalo, 15 degrees above average. Cincinnati, 14. So temperatures are warming up. But with that warm-up comes flooding concerns. We'll talk about that a little later in the broadcast. The Biden administration promoting abortion rights on today's 51st anniversary of the infamous Roe v. Wade decision, which, by the way, was overturned a couple of years ago by the Supreme Court. Here's pro-life activist Christina Fadden. Even the linkage of the two words, abortion rights, has been something that's become ironed into the fabric of how abortion is talked about in society. We don't agree with that. Vice President Harris is in Wisconsin today talking about abortion rights. She'll be joined by President Biden tomorrow in Virginia for another abortion rights rally. Democrats plan to make abortion a campaign issue in the run-up to the November election. Two U.S. Navy SEALs who went missing in the Gulf of 
Aden this month have not yet been found and are presumed to be dead. The U.S. Navy has called off the search for two Navy SEALs lost at sea while trying to board a ship carrying weapons from Iran to the Houthis in Yemen. The boarding took place last week in seven-foot seas off the coast of Somalia. The first SEAL lost his grip on the ladder as he was trying to climb aboard, and the second SEAL dove in after him. Reporter David Martin, the FAA is calling for new inspections of older Boeing 737s. They're similar to the MAX 9 jets that were recently grounded. This recommendation comes after some airlines reported issues with bolts during inspections. It follows the grounding of Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes after a cabin door plug blew out in flight. These planes are not part of the MAX fleet, but have the same door plug design. They're flown by United, Delta, and Alaska Airlines. Cammie McCormick with that report. Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death for Americans between the ages of 18 and 49. Secretary of State Tony Blinken. The ingredients that go into making fentanyl, a lot of them right now are being made in China, and then they get shipped typically to Mexico, synthesized into fentanyl, and then it winds up in the United States. Blinken met last week with Mexican authorities about efforts to reduce the flow of fentanyl across our southern border. Florida lawmakers are finalizing a bill that bans children under 16 from using social media. The legislation forces big tech to end the accounts of minors within three months. Companies would also have to give a disclaimer about the mental health effects of social media use on children under 16. Hard to imagine this, but somebody is shooting at drivers on Interstate 90 in Seattle. All five of the confirmed shootings Washington State Patrol investigators are looking into are seemingly random. Thankfully, none of the drivers have been hit, but bullets have left their mark. Now police are looking for witnesses. Cairo TV's Brittany Toulis. The Pope is calling for the release of six nuns kidnapped in Haiti. Armed gunmen took the women along with an unknown number of passengers from a bus in Port-au-Prince on Friday. Gangs are now in charge of about 80% of all of Haiti. It's dangerous to be a Christian in many places on this planet. No place is more dangerous than communist North Korea. For the 15 year in a row, it claims top spot on the World Watch List. The new World Watch List categorizes the 50 nations where it is most dangerous to be followers of Jesus Christ. Their research says Christians are purposely targeted or extra vulnerable, especially in nations where governments become increasingly powerful and autocratic and where radical Islamic elements are present. The risks to people of the Christian faith are especially noticeable from India through the Middle East into Central Africa. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Thank you, Greg. Still to come on the Noon Report, Bill's season goes wide right. Mystery cough in the Twin Tiers and the downside of this January fall. A very good afternoon. I'm Kevin Williams. We're tracking a bit of a warm-up this week, but that does not mean we won't see some more winter weather. We'll have forecast details coming up in 10. All right, Kevin, see you then. There are new concerns today for homeowners who are buried under feet of snow in the lake belts. The gradual warm up this week combined with some rain will create icicle issues and flooding concerns. A lot of homeowners are seeing icicles, which is a sign of not just ice on the edge of the roof, uh, but up on their roof. When you get a thaw, like they're predicting, they're going to have a flood. Steve Rotz, a private contractor in the Buffalo area. We're actually, our guys are out there doing some snow and ice removals for people that have concerns, either too much weight from the snow and 
once the rain comes, that snow gets that much heavier. He says homeowners would be wise to remove as much snow as possible from their roofs before that winter thaw and rain arrives this week. Bills fans still licking their wounds after another playoff loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. How many times have we seen this movie? There were five lead changes in last night's game, but in the end, Buffalo could not pull it out again. Bills quarterback Josh Allen disappointed in defeat. This game could be taken away in an instant, and you know you have to enjoy each and every moment of it. I love this team. You can sit there and say it's a failed season. A lot of up and downs that we face. A lot of great men that we have in this locker room. More from Family Life's Buffalo Bureau Chief D. Haley. The Kansas City Chiefs advanced to their sixth straight AFC Championship game with a 27-24 win over the Bills at Highmark Stadium last night. The Chiefs clinched the win by running down the clock after Buffalo's Tyler Bass was wide right on a 44-yard field goal attempt with one minute and 43 seconds remaining. 44 yards, Bass. No, he doesn't make it! The defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs move on to Baltimore to face the top-seeded Ravens. It was another disappointing finish for a Bills team that won its fourth consecutive AFC East title and was on a six-game roll since a 2017 win at Kansas City on December 10th. Dee Haley, Family Life News. All right, thank you, Dee. A police chase spanning four counties ended Saturday with a man in custody in New York Southern Tier. This guy had a loaded AK-47 methamphetamine and children in his vehicle. The chase started when the 25-year-old Tioga County man failed to pull over for a traffic stop in the town of Aaron. It ended in the town of Newfield in Tompkins County. The suspect currently in the Shimon County lockup on $200,000 bail. New York lawmakers and corrections officers are slamming Governor Hochul's proposal to close more prisons. Governor Hochul included the plan in her budget proposal and she wants the authority to expedite the closure of up to five prisons with 90 days notice. Unions representing corrections officers worry that more closures will increase prison violence when it's already at record levels. A bipartisan group of lawmakers is slamming the proposal, saying it will lead to overcrowding and they would rather focus on making corrections jobs safer. The state has closed 24 prisons since 2011 due to a declining incarcerated population. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Thanks, Jeremy. There's been an uptick in cases of an unexplained lingering cough that is separate from other the respiratory viruses. There's been a lot of this dry, hacky cough that's been going around the state, and it's been independent of flu, COVID, or RSV. Dr. Christopher Facito is a family physician at Guthrie Health in the Southern Tier. The cough has been lasting for about three to four weeks, and what can end up happening after any viral infection is that the cough can last for sometimes up to 30 to 40 days. So I think that's a lot of what we're seeing in the, in the area right now. He says humidifiers can lessen the severity of the cough. There's progress to report and contract talks for thousands of Pennsylvania college professors. Here's Family Life's Brian Query. A union representing 5,000 state university faculty across Pennsylvania has reached what is being called an agreement in principle with leaders of the state system of higher education. The agreement comes almost seven months after the existing agreement between the two parties expired on June 30th. The four-year deal, if ratified, would mean a prolonged period of labor peace at a 
pivotal time for the 10 state-owned universities with approximately 85,000 students. Brian Query, Family Life News. Thanks, Brian. Following his recent veto of a new policing bill, New York City Mayor Eric Adams wants city council members to ride along with cops as they patrol the city. It comes after the mayor vetoed a bill Friday that would have required officers to report from every street stop. We want them to ride with a police officer, go listen to these calls and these jobs that are coming over the radio, see what it is to respond to these jobs. Adams believes the measure undermines policing goals and will slow down police response times. However, City Council Speaker Adrian Adams says the council is prepared to override the mayor's veto, arguing that civilian complaints about officers are at their highest level in more than a decade. Paul DeCastro, New York. New York Comptroller Tom DiNapoli says residents left over $27 million on the table in unused gift cards last year. He's urging New Yorkers to keep track of the gift cards they got at Christmas and read the fine print when it comes to expiration dates. Retail stores are reversing course on self-checkout machines. The biggest problem is theft. Shoppers are reportedly 21 times more likely to to sneak items past machines than human cashiers. According to a survey from LendingTree, one in five shoppers reported they've accidentally stolen items during self-checkout, and one in seven say that they've stolen from self-checkout on purpose. Target, Walmart, and Dollar General are all pulling back from efforts to introduce more self-checkouts. That's Aaron Rayal reporting. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has a warning to parents about an e-cig alternative called Zin. I'm asking the FTC and the FDA to step in and take action on marketing and health concerns related to Zinn because it has the same danger that e-cigs had when they went after them. Schumer says Zinn nicotine pouches target teens on social media and they're highly addictive. Total it up and you will find just how much smoking costs. The average total financial cost for smoking over the lifetime of the average smoker is $3.7 million. Wallet Hub's Samantha Happy. Spending $226,000 on cigarettes will slash your retirement by a whopping $4 million compared to if you invested it in the S&P 500. In other words, smoking isn't just bad for your health, it's also bad for your pocketbook. Let's switch gears, talk sports next. It's the two-minute drill on Family Live. Good afternoon, I'm Randy Snavely. Bob, make it six years in a row that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to play in the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs beat the Bills last night at Highmark Stadium 27-24 in a back-and-forth affair. The game switched leads five times. Both quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, played very well in leading their teams. And ultimately, the game came down to Tyler Bass and a 44-yard field goal attempt. Buffalo fans heard the two most dreaded words in their history. Wide right. Of course, if Bass had made the kick, the score would have been tied, but overtime was not a guarantee. Patrick Mahomes and company still would have had a minute 40 seconds left in which to operate and get themselves into scoring position. The other game yesterday saw the Detroit Lions knock off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-23. The win puts the Lions in their first NFC Championship game in 32 years. 
Detroit going to go up against top-seeded San Francisco. And in the AFC title game, KC goes to Baltimore to play the Ravens. On the ice, the Rangers snap their two-game skid with a 5-2 victory over the Ducks. Anaheim actually had a 2-0 lead in the first before New York scored five unanswered goals. The Flyers, on the other hand, had a one-goal lead heading into the third period of their contest against Ottawa, but the Senators scored three unanswered goals, and they pulled away for a 5-3 victory. In Elmont, the Islanders put the brakes on their four-game losing streak. They beat the Stars in overtime 3-2. Minnesota, Detroit, and Toronto, your other winners. In the NBA, the Clippers beat the Nets 125-114 behind James Harden's 24 points and 10 assists. Orlando, Denver, Boston, Phoenix, and the Lakers also picked up victories. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy. Man, still to come on the Noon Report, can Trump win independence? Dems hone in on the abortion issue. And what's going on at school these days? We're talking issues in education after this. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. Over the last few years, the credibility of science, or more accurately, many scientists, has taken more than a few hits. For example, the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Endocrine Society have both issued guidelines for medically transitioning minors. In 2022, the UK's largest gender clinic announced its closure over a lack of evidence to support its ghoulish interventions. And transgender quote-unquote medicine is not the only practice that's been advanced as scientifically proven despite the absence of evidence. Even earlier, assisted reproductive technologies like in vitro fertilization and surrogacy were pushed on the public with little understanding of or concern for the safety and long-term consequences for women and children. Recently, the Heritage Foundation's Emma Waters reviewed the available evidence about some of these technologies. Quote, despite what many experts want you to believe, she writes, we actually know very little about the impact of surrogacy on the long-term well-being of children and families. And here's what we do know. Babies gestated by a surrogate show a marked increase in preterm births, physical defects, and low weight. That's just what we know for certain. Constructing better studies, she argues, is going to require things like tracking children over longer periods, having surrogates report their number of pregnancies, keeping tabs on those who sell or donate eggs and sperm, and knowing who children born of surrogates are and who their biological parents are. As she warns, quote, there is a huge difference between no harm and no known harms. Children were designed to know their parents and vice versa, and separation from the man and woman who made them is a tragedy. Beautiful arrangements like foster care and adoption, these respond to that tragedy. But conceiving children with the express purpose of separating them from their parents, that's very different. It creates the tragedy. Similarly, paying women to carry children for nine months and then forcing them to walk away as part of a commercial transaction ignores the intimacy and sanctity of that bond. Despite his confusing and misleading statements on plenty of other serious issues, Pope Francis was recently crystal clear on this one. In a recent speech to diplomats, he blasted surrogacy as deplorable, insisting that it, quote, represents a grave violation of the dignity of the woman and the child. A child, he then added, is always a gift, never the basis of a commercial contract, end quote. Claims that we can just ignore God's design for sex in the family are an expression of an anti-human worldview, not objective research. And that's a good enough reason to say no to that worldview's ongoing demand for tiny test subjects. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. 
Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Outside next, Kevin Williams. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Clouds will continue to thicken. High temps, 30s. There'll be a touch of snow in some areas tonight, just a touch. Low temps, 20s and low 30s. And snow tomorrow, mixing with sleet, freezing rain in parts of Pennsylvania. High temps, 30s. The wintry mix continues into tomorrow night. Then it's cloudy Wednesday with a bit of light rain or drizzle as temperatures Wednesday reach, if not exceed 40 degrees. All right, the January thaw on the way. Thank you, Kevin. This is the Noon Report. I'm Bob Price. Here's what's happening Monday, January 22nd. Then there were two, just two candidates left in the GOP race for president. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis bowing out yesterday. Nobody worked harder and we left it all out on the field. We've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. With DeSantis' departure, it's just Nikki Haley and Donald Trump now vying for the nomination. Haley on the stump in Exeter, New Hampshire yesterday. Can you hear that sound? That's the sound of a two-person race. Former Trump spokesperson Kaylee McEnany says the ex-president should have no trouble securing the nomination. Where things get sticky for him, she says, is in the general election. Where I think his challenge is going forward into a general election is winning over the Nikki Haley voter, mm-hmm. winning over the establishment voter, winning over the independent, which is why I think that vice presidential pick is so important. Polls have Trump with a double-digit lead over Haley going into tomorrow. Tomorrow's New Hampshire primary. A court hearing in a divorce case out of Georgia tomorrow could impact Trump's upcoming trial on election interference. The judge expected to decide if the Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis, must testify about an attorney she hired to investigate Trump. Turns out that attorney and Willis are accused of having an affair. Willis is fighting an order to testify tomorrow in a divorce case between special prosecutor Nathan Wade and his estranged wife. Willis hired Wade to assist in the 2020 election interference investigation of former President Trump. Co-defendant Michael Roman wants Willis removed from the case and accused her of benefiting from an alleged affair with Wade. Roman's attorney claims Willis's office has paid Wade's law firm more than $653,000 and alleges Wade used some of that money to pay for lavish trips. Correspondent Nicole Killian, a new Siena poll out today shows Governor Hochul's favorability rating is up in New York. 52% of voters approve of the job she's doing. That's up from 48% in November. Still, most New Yorkers do not think Hochul's policies will make the state a better place to live. The Siena poll shows President Biden's favorability rating at just 43%. The U.S. military has ended a 10-day search for two Navy SEALs who went missing in the Gulf of Aden. They went into the water on January 11th while trying to board a ship that was carrying weapons from Iran to Houthi rebels in Yemen. Well, it reminds me of the the famous Churchill quote that Americans and the world sleeps peaceably at night because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. Florida Congressman Michael Waltz, the failed boarding took place in seven-foot waves off the coast of Samoa.
Somalia. The Biden administration is promoting abortion rights. On today's 51st anniversary of the infamous Roe v. Wade decision, a decision that was overturned a couple of years ago by the Supreme Court. Pro-life activist Christina Fadden wishes Christian churches were more vocal in denouncing abortion. I think people have been enculturated. It's not polite. It's not nice. It's not fair to tell somebody else what to do. But we have to speak up, of course, with sensitivity and love and offering support and resources. If we don't, we're allowing the unborn child to be expendable. Yesterday was Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, a time when churches were encouraged to speak out and speak up for those who have no voice, the unborn. Vice President Harris is speaking in Wisconsin today about so-called abortion rights. She'll be joined by President Biden tomorrow in Virginia for another rally. A transgender golfer is trying to be the first to get on the LPGA Tour. The biological male won a woman's tournament over the weekend. Former professional athlete Jack Brewer. You talk about having an ego. That's exactly what this man is doing. Not taking into account all the work of women who weren't born with the strength of the man. Women who worked their entire lives in a sport that takes more concentration, focus, and dedication than almost any sport in the world. And so uh, it's just, it's disgusting. 30-year-old Haley Davidson, born James Scott Davidson, is a native of Scotland who now resides in Florida. The LPGA removed the requirement that golfers be female at birth more than a decade ago. You're plugged in to the Noon Report on Family Life. Welcome back to another edition of Issues in Education. Mondays during the Noon Report, we spotlight the issues impacting our schools throughout New York and Pennsylvania with Dr. Ralph Kerr at the Teaching and Learning Institute in Houghton, New York. Ralph, you survived the big snowstorm. Welcome back to the program, sir. I heard there's like five feet of snow in some parts of Buffalo. I don't even know what that looks like, but... Uh, Hopefully, uh, you, you did okay with the recent storm. Yeah, well, in Houghton, we have eh, maybe three or four inches. That's it. Well, hey, maybe cold outside, but things are heating up in the realm of education. We're tearing apart the HOCO budget. She wants to increase aid to schools, uh, Ralph, this year by 2.5%. I did a little research, found out that New York is already spending more per pupil than any state in the country, about $30,000 from what I could find. But what should be done to ensure the taxpayers, the parents, the schools, the students, so many stakeholders. What can be done to ensure that we're getting a positive return on that investment? Well, first of all, just let me say that the educational community is not happy with the governor. That's not enough money. They were asking for 4.8% and 2.5 is just not going to cut it. Hmm. So once you get by that, I'll answer your question. <laughs> that, that shouldn't cause any problems, should it? <laughs> no. First of all, let me just remind taxpayers, I hope everyone has applied for the STAR exemption. That does reduce significantly your tax bill. Parents, obviously, I'm going to say again, as we've said so many times, run for your local school board so that you can get an inside look at the budget. In terms of schools itself, student population has declined on average 13%. And yet expenses just continue to increase. That cannot continue. So one of the questions that people might ask their school, how will this increase affect students? 
student achievement in a positive way. Yeah, we'll see how the lawmakers take this. They have till April 1st to reach a budget deal. And me thinks, Ralph, that the, the education debate could factor big time in the months to come in Albany. Well, we're talking dollars and cents. Uh, might as well talk financial literacy in school. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro signed that law last week, making Pennsylvania the 25th state to mandate financial literacy courses in high school classes. What are some of the money management courses, Ralph, that you think children should be learning at school? Well, there are basically four things that not only students in school, but many adults as well should learn about. One is debt. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of budgeting, many of us have this idea of, I want it, I get it. We need to be looking at things in terms of, can I afford it? What's Mm -hmm. my budget? What's my income? And then the third thing is, how about some savings? You don't know what may come up that you may need some money and that's good to have some savings. And then probably the most difficult one for people is to look at investing your money somewhere. So those are the four categories. Look at your debt, look at the budgeting, savings and investing. And if schools in Pennsylvania can help students get a hold of those concepts, that is lifelong learning for sure. Yeah, and that's great stuff because those kids are going to be adults soon and they're going to be running the show. So, And then finally, Ralph, uh, Governor Hochul making it easier for schools to address the ongoing bus driver shortage. She's just instructed the DMV to implement a waiver that would allow applicants to get their license faster. I wanted to ask you, in this effort to alleviate the driver shortage, is there a risk that maybe New York State is putting unqualified drivers on the road, and is that making our children less safe? What do you think, Ralph? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, if you look closely at the waiver, it's, it's a lot of to-do about nothing. Drivers don't have to check the oil level, the coolant level, the power steering level, the water pump. It's not a major deal at all. Yeah. And certainly not doing that, which will be picked up by the mechanics in the bus garages, is not putting unqualified people behind the wheel. So on a related note, while we have a minute, there's this big push to get these electric buses on the road in New York. The governor has given them a certain date to make this happen. I read a story during last week's storms that all these Teslas with their electric batteries just froze or like dead robots in Chicago. Is the state looking at stuff like that when they push us off this cliff of electrification? No, they're not, but I hope they would. I mean, they've given some big hunks of money to certain school districts to test it out, and what they're going to find is electric school buses cost double to begin with, and then they're going to be into situations like that because we do have cold weather, Hmm. but they're not going to be able to get the buses to start. That, amongst many other issues, in many people's eyes, including mine, just make electric buses for school a joke, and I'm sorry that we're even pushing that way. All right, that'll have to be the last word this week, but hey, read all about it uh, when it comes to these literacy courses in Pennsylvania or what's contained in the New York State budget when it comes to education. You're writing about it on your website, Ralph. Where can folks find that? They can simply go to whyrun.org, whyrun.org. Thank you, Ralph. Issues in Education airs Mondays during the Noon Report or online anytime, familylife.org. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Well, the work week picked up where the weekend left off with some very cold air in place, but temperatures are rising now and more moderate conditions are ahead. But even as the temperature rises, that does not preclude some winter weather. In fact, the disturbance is said to bring some snow and ice. 
tomorrow and tomorrow night. For this afternoon, clouds will continue to thicken, high temps 30s. There'll be a touch of snow in some areas tonight, just a touch. Low temps 20s and low 30s. And snow tomorrow, mixing with sleet and freezing rain in parts of Pennsylvania, high temps 30s. The wintry mix continues into tomorrow night. Then it's cloudy Wednesday with a bit of light rain or drizzle as temperatures Wednesday reach, if not exceed 40 degrees. All right, Kevin, thank you. Finally at noon, something from the Sooners state. Kids dressed up as animals could be removed from Oklahoma public schools soon by animal control officers. Now, this proposed legislation takes aim at a subculture of kids who call themselves furries. Apparently, it's kids who dress up in costume and then act like cats and dogs. Furries. The legislation prevents anyone wearing animal outfits from participating in school curriculum or activities. Similar bills have been tried before and failed in Oklahoma, but this is the first to include the animal control officer provision. So we'll see how it goes there in Oklahoma. And that's our world, the world we live in, Monday, January 22nd. I'm Bob Price, Family Life News. You've been listening to the Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.